0: Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries RPG Podcast. I'm your host, John, and today I'm going to be answering some of the voicemail messages that we've received. And first up on this voicemail episode, we have a message from Randy
1: of Biggest Geekers. Take it away, Randy. So I have uh, OSE's basic. Uh, game tome, and I kickstarted the recent Kickstarter to get the Advanced Fantasy. I'm really leaning toward using that. I've read uh, lots of the book, and I do love the layout. And honestly, I got it uh, basically to your some of your reviews a few years ago. In um, particular, I think it was an Advanced OSC, but your love of it is clear. I like your Winner's Daughter breakdown that module, that approach to writing a module. Boy, it it has a lot. Um, has a lot to draw it in I mean simple, direct, but open and easy to read, I mean I'm just a big fan of that, uh, trying to find it a little bit cheaper or I don't know what what other, or what other um, OSC modules you'd recommend I am going to be running an OSC game that I'm going to title uh, Creeps on the Borderlands at VentureCon this year, so um, should be interesting using OSC for the first time, so anyway I appreciate that and you keep have the good work and uh, take care
0: Thanks very much, Randy. Yeah, as you say, I'm a big fan of old school essentials, particularly in the layout of the adventure modules that they have published for it and the sort of very clear style that they use, making it very easy for a GM to quickly find information that's very clearly presented without having to flick through numerous pages to try and get to the important bits that you need when you're running a game. In terms of Modules that I would recommend: Hole in the Oak is p- pretty good. That's one of the earlier ones, although I it's been re-released and sort of like pimped up a little bit recently. There's the Isle of the Plantagenet Mage. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but that's pretty good. There's Incandescent Grottos and Halls of the Blood King, which has a sort of vampiric slant to it. And those are all modules that I really enjoy along with the one that you've mentioned i'm sure there's others out there but those are a few that i've particularly enjoyed i'm glad you found the reviews of osc useful and i'm glad i've been able to pass on some of that infectious enthusiasm to yourself let me know how you get on with your creeps on the borderlands game love the title can't wait to hear how that goes next up we've got a few calls from jason
2: hey hand and john excellent episode on your top three monsters really enjoyed hearing hannah back on the show i know you've been really busy schedules not aligning all that understood
0: yeah it's been pretty difficult to be honest recently I'm starting up a new job soon, same company, just moving to a different department, but it's a big shift for me, and training for that's going to chew up a lot of my time. My wife Hannah is starting up her own craft-based business, which is chewing up a lot of her time, and to top that off, it's currently LARP and convention season, so we're spending a lot of time on that. It's very difficult for us to sort of get together and record things and block out the time for it, because... Well, when we've got the time to actually spend together, we kind of want to spend a bit of quality time together. But hopefully, as things sort of settle down, he says, Twitchwood, Crossing Fingers and all that, we'll get some time to make some more episodes Um, together.
2: As far as having vampires with unique weaknesses and things like that, very Captain Kronos of you. Yeah, excellent episode. Keep up the great work. And because you're my friend, I'll be honest with you. I know a lot of people like the music. At the beginning and the end of your show, when, when there's a pause when you're talking and the music surges and then goes back down when you talk again, I can't stand that. I'm not going to stop listening, of course, because I love you guys, but if it was a different podcast that I wasn't um, invested in, I would have turned that right off. So that's just me, and I may be different than everybody else, so I wouldn't base how you do your podcast on my word alone, but I... That I should tell you. Take care.
0: No, absolutely, dude. I appreciate the honesty. And it's a difficult thing to judge, to be honest, with the, the music, because some people like it, some people don't. I tend to sort of fluctuate between the two. Sometimes I really love it, sometimes I don't. For this episode, as you'll have heard by the time you get to this point, I've just sort of faded it out completely and I'll fade it back in at the end. So maybe I'll go for that more in future, which is what we originally used to do before I started tinkering around on Audacity and sort of reading online tutorials and stuff like that. But who knows, you know, if enough people don't like the music, we'll get rid of it. I mean, it's not anything I'm going to really lose any sleep over. But I'm glad regardless of that, you're still listening, dude, and still calling in. It's always very much appreciated. And like I say, yeah, we love the honest feedback, dude. Much appreciated. And I believe we've got some more now from Jason.
2: Hey, Hannah and John, this is Jason. Enjoyed your Cobalt episode. I always prefer them as canine, excising the lizard traits. But, I mean, either way, you know, as much as I want to hate, hate on Watsy for turning them into lizard men, obviously it's a post axion thing. So we we can just hate on the post and d D&D. Um, there's no need to hate on anything, actually. Um,
0: well, I suppose I'm going to have to put this pitchfork and um, burning torch down then. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. Yeah, I absolutely agree. There's no need to hate on anything that much, especially something so sort of fairly inconsequential. After all, you don't like one version of it. Ignore it. You like another version, use that. Take what you want, leave what you don't, as the old pirate saying goes.
2: Like you said. Run it the way you want to run it in your campaign, you know? It's whatever you want to run. Just understand the lizard version is stupid and the dog version is right. But it's all good. Um, Thank you so much for putting this episode together. I think you did a great analysis of it. And, yeah, when you look at the historical thing, you go like Palladium Fantasy, and they're basically, you know, like miners. They're more like dwarves and stuff in there, right? Dwarves and homes. So it just depends how you want to run them. But it's your world, your campaign, so run it the way you want to. And, Yeah, it was great hearing you two talking together again, and I look forward to your next episode. Take care.
0: Thanks very much, dude. Always appreciate you calling in. Yeah, we enjoy doing these episodes, although, as I've said previously, our time schedules are a bit messed up at the minute, and these do take a little bit longer than the normal just sort of me-talking episodes to record or the voicemail episodes. So... We can't do them as often as we would perhaps like, particularly because we enjoy sort of delving into the mythology a bit. But we have to bear in mind that, you know, we don't want to do like hours long episodes. Not that there's anything wrong with that. There's podcasts to do that very well. But we want to try and keep ours down to sort of like that 10, 15 minute mark. So it's almost like bite sized chunks. And with a few exceptions, we try and break up the longer ones. But, yeah, we do hope to do some more sort of monster-style episodes in the future. You know, as and when we get time and something spurs our imagination. But thanks again for the call, dude. Much appreciate. Hey, Hannah and
2: John. Jason here. Yep, pig works orcs are my favourite, too. In fact, when I played in Car Rodriguez's Broken Lands game, using the Orcs of Thar Gazetteer for, Be- or for Beckme.
0: Yeah, it's funny you mention the gazetteers, uh, Jason, because I've just actually picked up my first one of those which is the Karamikos 1 on print on demand from DriveThru. The quality is not 100% great, but you know it's workable and I couldn't find a an original copy for anything other than semi prices online. So I'm hoping to potentially acquire a few more of those. I'm reading through the Karamikos 1 at the moment which is G A one or G A Z one. I forget exactly how the codes work, but it's the first one. I'm very much enjoying that since it's helping fill in a bit more of my knowledge of the the known world or Mistara, and I'm sure eventually I'll get around to working up to the orcs of Thar. And I have sort of heard a number of people mention it with great fondness, so I'm looking forward to finding out what all the fuss is about.
2: I played a pig face work in that campaign. Um, I- as far as imagery, Deathstalker, the original. Has a pig face work in it, pretty prominent. I'll send you on Discord. I'll send you the trailer, and you can see a number of images of him during the trailer. And um, th- there's a imi- There's one place in the movie where they're having a feast, and um, there's a this roasted pig, you know, with the apple in the mouth, right in front of this pig face work, and he's chowing down, kind of crazy. But um, Deathstalker actually has a lot of magic in it for one of these sword and sorcery movies. You know, a lot of them don't really have a ton of magic. If, if you pulled the rapiness out of that movie, it would be a, a pretty good movie. I mean, it'd be sword and sorcerer movie, but pretty good. But it's a Roger Corman movie, and he forced that rapiness into it. So what, what can you say? Um, but it, it's still arguably one of the better entries in the sword and sorcerer genre. Um, definitely better than stinkers like David Carradine's The um, Warrior and the Sorcerers.
0: Thanks for sending that clip over, Jason. Yeah, it does look vaguely familiar. I think I might have seen Deathstalker at some point in the past. And yet yeah, the pig faced orc in the trailer was spot on. I'm a big fan of that sort of slightly more bestial rather than the slightly more human like orcs that occurred later on. Again nothing wrong with either. It's just a personal preference.
2: Regarding John's episode on random character creation, yeah, they can be useful if you need those things. The you know for me the random character generation Was that, you know, that um, lonely fun of sitting there with the AD&D first edition Dungeon Master's Guide and creating random parties and things like that? There's generators in there to do it, but instead of pushing a button, you're rolling each thing, and I find that more exciting and more enjoyable than having the computer do all the work. But I can see there are cases where you might want the computer to do the work. It just isn't as is fun for you, the GM, to do so. Uh, i guess trade convenience for enjoyment anyhow take it easy talk to you soon
0: thanks very much jason yeah you're absolutely right you know if you've got the the time to do it in and you enjoy the actual like physical feeling of rolling the dice and doing it manually there is nothing wrong with that i suppose coming at it from a gm perspective i tend to to value the expediency and the speed of just using the computer to do it Because I'm already using a computer to store my notes and stuff like that. So why not take advantage of the fact it can do all this stuff a lot more quickly than I can. Especially when I'm really only concerned with the result. Whereas if I was perhaps um, doing it for a bit of solo play or something like that. I would be more interested in doing it myself. But like you say to each his own. There's certainly nothing wrong with doing it manually. If you've got the time and if you find that enjoyable. And next up, we have a couple of calls from Ron. Take it away.
3: Hey, John and Hannah. This is Ron. I listened to your episode about kobolds. I prefer the dog-like looking kobolds, although I agree they always have some lizard-like features and basically have filled the role of lesser goblins in D&D. They're basically the the minion of minions in D&D. But... um, that was a great episode and i'll speak to you soon
0: thanks very much glad you enjoyed the episode and yeah as you say kobolds originally sort of the goblins goblin i mean way back in sort of like the little brown books they didn't even have a separate set of stats that were just lower hit point goblins as we say in the episode but gradually they've sort of attained their own identity and they've become more distinct which I quite like because in actual mythology you tend to see a lot of sort of monsters and creatures getting lumped together and then they'll get separated out because of a particular legend and it always makes me smile the fact that some of the monsters as they progress through DD history sort of mimic that process. Personally I prefer the slightly more dogmen version of kobolds as well but I can see under certain circumstances and in certain scenarios that having the slightly more draconic or dragon worshipping elements of the later kobolds would be interesting and conducive to a particular scenario
3: hey john and hannah ron back here again talking about my top three monsters and i'm not sure what my third monster is but my number one is dragons and i'm not talking about the non-intelligent ones i'm talking about the intelligent ones I love me some dragons. My second favorite monster is hobgoblins because hobgoblins could be that horde like humanoid creature, but um, I am really drawn to their lawful evil, disciplined militaristic aesthetic um, over over orcs. I've kind of moved away from orcs for that and uh, have have treated orcs more like just basically primal forces of nature, kind of like how they are in, in Eberron. Actually, exactly how they are in Eberron. So dragons and hobgoblins. And I don't know what my third is because there's so many creatures out there. They're like, oh, wait, I know what my third is. Owl bears. How can I forget owl bears? I love owl, owl bears. They are the quintessential D&D creature. Talk to you soon.
0: Thanks, Ron. I think there's some great choices there, and it's difficult to argue with dragons as a favourite. I mean, let's face it, it's 50% of the title in the world's most popular fantasy role-playing game. You can't really go wrong with a dragon. Well, as long as they're, they're played right and they're not overused, but by and large, they're pretty much a staple of the fantasy genre, and they come in such a bewildering variety of forms and different types the chances are whatever sort of encounter you want to run there is going to be a dragon that suits that particular niche as for hobgoblins yeah i see your point i've always sort of seen orcs as more the sort of chaotic evil barbarians or a sort of primal force of elemental savagery the sort of barbarism that in the original dnd game we had a more sort of like points of light setting where there's a few little spots of civilization and outside of that it's barbarism and chaos. Orcs represented that force. Whereas as you say, hobgoblins and things like that, they were very much the sort of lawful evil like military evil sort of style of they're organized they choose to do evil but they do it in a more sort of organized and militaristic fashion so they're just as evil and just as scary but in a very different manner and as for owl bears yeah got to give you that one man i love an owl bear it's such an eye even though it's the original concept is a pretty ridiculous one you know just sort of mashing two animals together Over the years it's just become such an iconic creature type in D&D that it always brings a smile to my face and to players' faces unless they get killed by it when an owlbear crops up in a game. So there we are, that's it for this voicemail episode. Thank you very much to all of my wonderful callers. If you'd like to get in touch and maybe be featured in a future episode, then you can do so in a few different ways. You can drop us a voicemail message to Speakpipe or Anchor using the links in the description below. Or you can send us an email to rddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. So until we see you again, take care, stay safe, and whenever you're playing, have fun.